and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Anchor FM, which is also heard on uh, Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Uh, glad to have you tuned this way. And this is a very special broadcast of Sunshine USA, and it deals specifically with the coronavirus crisis that is gripping our nation. And uh, the reason I'm doing this particular broadcast or podcast is to give some encouraging advice to pastors, for example, as to how the work of the church can continue in spite of the uh, virus that's going around uh, the nation and the world today. Uh, As you know, for uh, a few weeks now, churches across America have been unable to hold uh, public in-person meetings the way we have done for years. But, however, the churches have been able to continue having services online. And and this is a wonderful thing. Can you think about (laughs) how much worse the situation would be right now for churches if we didn't have Internet technology? It would be really rough. (laughs) But thanks to Internet technology, the, the principal work of the church could go on in spite of the corona crisis. Now, I want us to start off with a look at the scripture, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what I think. (laughs) Now, a lot of what I have to say on this podcast is going to be purely my opinion, or just a few ideas that I've put together. But in the end, it doesn't really matter what I think, but it does matter what the Word of God thinks. I want you to get out the Word of God and turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the world. Now, most Christians will recognize this passage of Scripture as the Great Commission. And this represents the essential work that the church is on this earth to do. First of all, the Bible indicates that we have the responsibility of evangelism. The responsibility of evangelism. It is the work of the church to go out and reach teenagers and young people, boys and girls and adults, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. With the goal of seeing these people get saved. Now this is first and foremost what the ministry of Sunshine USA is all about. And it's been all about this ever since I was led of the Lord to start this ministry back in 2012. And so we find that the most essential work of the church is that of getting out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, it's, it's great when you can uh, hold revival services in your church or, or maybe in a sports stadium somewhere. That's a wonderful thing. And a lot of people love to attend in-person services like that, but... 
we know as Christians that for many of us, not only here in the United States, but in other countries around the world, uh, it could be a lot worse. It could be worse because we would not even have the internet if this was an earlier day and time. That would be worse. And here in the United States, we don't have it as bad as they do in some of the other countries around the world. I, I read the other day where China has not only banned public worship services in connection with the coronavirus, they have also gone so far as to ban online worship services, online preaching, online Bible teaching. Now, one of the things I've done on my Facebook site just in the past week or so, I have been listing the different countries around the world where Sunshine USA is heard. And it's very exciting to see that we have radio listeners to Sunshine USA and listeners to our podcast all over the world. Just to mention a few of the countries where we know we have listeners are countries like Russia, India, Kenya over in Africa, uh, Jamaica and the Caribbean Islands, Norway, Bulgaria. These are just a few of the places where we know we have listeners. The Philippines. We, we have listeners on virtually every continent. And I thank God for that. That means on virtually every continent we have the ability as a ministry to reach a lot of people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's not holding services anywhere, just online. Amen. <laughs> and like I say now, I've been doing this since 2012. You do the arithmetic, it's about seven or eight years. To be exact, it was in September of 2012 that I started doing Sunshine USA. And like I say, then is now, the number one objective is to tell people about Jesus Christ. Now, in this passage of Scripture, we're also told that Jesus tells us, teaching all people whatsoever I've commanded you. And so this lets us know that the work of the church not only involves telling other people about Jesus, it involves discipleship. It involves teaching Christians the Word of God. That's the second main purpose of this ministry, teaching people the Word of God. When I started this ministry back in 2012, you have to understand that I was shocked at how many Christians knew so very little about the Bible. I mean, seriously, I mean, it was just utterly shocking to me how many Christians knew so very little about the Bible. And if you were to ask the average Christian what he believed, they couldn't tell you. And even if they could tell you, they could not tell you why. They could not tell you why.
And this is so sad. It, it, it proves that Christians are not getting into the Word of God. Now, one of the benefits of this corona crisis that we're going through right now is the fact that no Christian can say now that they have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now you see, Christians have to admit they have an opportunity to read the Bible. They have an opportunity to listen to sermons online, as well as conventional AM and FM radio stations and television stations. We have more time for that now than ever before. So those of you that say, I've never had enough time to study the Bible, well, guess what? <laughs> you have the time now. Amen. And especially in those parts of the world where they have a, a quarantine or a stay-at-home order in place. Now, <laughs> here we get to the practical part of my message for the afternoon. Now, the practical part of my message for the afternoon is, and by the way, you have to forgive my voice. My voice has been a little bit on the horse side for about a week now, so you need to be praying. I really think it's a lot of the pollen that's in the air this time of the year in connection with my asthma and COPD. But nonetheless, I keep plugging away at it. So there you have it. Now, <laughs> some people have told me I might need to get off the radio for a few days so that I can give my voice a chance to recover. But then I think, well, there's so much I have to teach. There's so much I need to preach. But you just pray that God's healing hand will be upon me. But like I say, now we're getting into uh, the very practical part of my presentation for this afternoon. And the practical part of my presentation involves the fact that we as a church need to think about ways that we can effectively carry out our ministry as a church while so many areas are under a stay-at-home order. Now, obviously, one of the ways that we can minister to the congregation is online. This means uh, putting our worship services online. This might involve uh, the pastor doing uh, a daily devotional online. It might mean that the church wants to have an email address where people can send in uh, prayer requests for the pastor and others to pray over. And many churches also have the technology now to accept online contributions. Now, when you think about it, that's a great opportunity right there because Hopefully, you not only make it convenient for your members to give online, but even people who are maybe visitors to your website, they might feel inspired to give to your church as well. That's, that's an overall possibility. Uh, but you can make it very easy and convenient for people to give to their church online. And this is good technology to have 
during the summertime if somebody's on vacation and they're going to be on the road for a week or two, they could still make sure that the church gets the money that it needs in order to do the work that the church is here to do. Now, another thing that I have come across just in the past few days is apparently there's an app out there called Zoom. Zoom. Now, those of you who subscribe to um, my Facebook page, or should I say those of you who uh, friend me on Facebook and you visit my Facebook page, I've got all kinds of neat stuff on there. Everything from Christian music to, um, you know, real inspirational stuff for the churches. And uh, to me, Facebook has been a ministry for years. In fact, I was using Facebook as a ministry for a good while before I even started Sunshine USA. I would dare say that um, for well over a decade now, I have been using the internet as a place of ministry. And I honestly can't tell you how many people have come to Christ over, say, the last 10 years or so that I have been involved in internet ministry. That's how I know it's a great ministry. But now, this uh, app called Zoom allows uh, people to, um, well, you can put up to 100 people on there at a time. This means you can have a virtual choir singing. In fact, if you go to my Facebook page, you're going to see some examples of how Zoom technology can be used in your church music ministry. And this is a very good thing to know about because uh, this Zoom technology allows you to have a music service. And, you know, really, many people tell me <laughs> that one of the unfortunate things about online services that, that is that they tend to be boring, but they don't have to be boring. Uh, the Zoom technology means that you can have a choir, you can have a praise band, you can have people in your virtual con congregation giving testimonies over the line of internet. Uh, it's an exciting opportunity. If you need to have, say, a deacon's meeting or an elder's meeting, you can do that via Zoom. Uh, Zoom also gives you an opportunity to meet a new member class for your church online. Every prospective new member can tune in by way of Zoom, and the pastor or whoever teaches your new member class, they can talk to the prospective members and they can ask the pastor or whoever's leading the class questions. And when you think about it, that's pretty exciting technology. I understand some of the colleges and universities now, which are teaching online, are using the Zoom technology. Now, the Zoom app, as I understand it, like many other apps, 
they have a free version and then they have a more advanced premium version that I think you have to pay for. But in many cases, churches would get along just fine with the free version of the Zoom app. You'll be amazed at how much it can enhance your ministry. And it's really very, very exciting. Now, I'll be honest with you, I do internet radio and podcasting more than Facebook Live. I always tell people that I don't really feel like I have the face for television. (laughs) And if you were to look at my face, even now, for example, you would find that um, I've got a face indeed, for radio, not television. (laughs) A lot of people would probably rather not look at my face. Amen. I mean, um, they say beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And some people might take a look at my face and they say, hey, I don't think I see anything wrong with it. Well, that's great, but some would. (laughs) So, you know, if I have a choice between doing audio or video... I would probably prefer doing radio, which is why I am primarily sticking to internet radio and podcasting as the basis for my internet ministry. Now, we know as pastors, for example, another ministry that many pastors are involved in is a ministry called pastoral counseling. And there's a couple of ways this this can be done. One is through the conventional telephone call. That would work. And then some of you have an app on your phone called Google Duo, which is very comparable to Skype. And I think Duo or Skype are both apps that you can have on your phone. And some people have both apps. And this would allow you not only to talk to somebody, but it would allow you to actually see the person you're talking to. And so that becomes one of the ways in which you can um, carry out a ministry such as a, a pastoral counseling ministry. That would be a great one. Uh, you could do a prayer ministry the same way like that. One on one. Now, of course, the reason that being able to see them is important, in addition to hearing them, is because you could look at their facial expressions. And a lot of times, by watching their facial expressions, you could tell if they're really taking in or comprehending what you're telling them. You could tell whether or not they're even interested in what you have to say. But that becomes another ministry idea for the local church. Now, uh, a few of you have sent me emails wanting to know about parking lot services. Now, if you're talking about a parking lot service where um, people are sitting in chairs in the parking lot, I would say almost certainly that is not acceptable in most communities. In most communities, especially those 
with uh, a social distancing ordinance that is rigorously enforced, having a parking lot service where people are sitting down in chairs in the parking lot, that would almost certainly get the church in trouble. But the other idea is people going to church in their car and they stay at church in their car. And some churches have an FM transmitter which allows you to listen to your car radio, for example. And by tuning in on your car radio, you can hear the service and your windows can be rolled up, especially if it's cold. Or if it's warmer, you can roll them down and listen to the service over the car radio. Now, by the way, this, from a technology standpoint, is pretty easy for the church leadership team. You probably need a wireless mic, and your church needs an FM transmitter. And you obviously need, in this case, somebody at your church who knows how to operate the FM transmitter. <clears throat> All of this is important. And uh, hmm. get me some more water there. Trying to soothe my throat in all this. But that becomes another pretty good idea. And it might be you can have a couple of people outside in the parking lot with offering buckets. You can take up an offering this way. This helps alleviate the financial crunch that many churches have gone through not being able to have a service at all on church property. Now, by the way, if your church elects to have a parking lot service, you still need to have an online service. Now, the reason I say that is because some of your older members are not going to want to get out. They're not going to feel that it's safe for them to get out even in a parking lot, even in a car. Therefore, therefore, in fairness to them, you need to still have an online service. Don't do the parking lot service unless you're still willing to do the online service. Because like I say, there's going to be people that won't be able to attend the online service. I mean, they won't be able to attend the parking lot service and they would love to hear the service online. So even if you have a parking lot service, do make sure that you also have the online service for the benefit of the older population or the more sickly population that you have that feel like it's just not safe for them to get out. So keep that in mind. And so what I've tried to do here is to share with you some practical things that your church can do 
to stay alive, so to speak, even during the corona crisis. Now, somebody asked me in another email, what do I think about pastors that have defied government orders not to hold public services? I mean, there's some pastors, even here in the United States, that have been holding regular services in the church as if nothing was going on. Now, I, I personally think this is wrong. Now, I realize here in the United States, one could argue that the church has a legal constitutional right to worship in public, to assemble ourselves together for the purpose of worship, that government has no right to prohibit that. And I, I certainly understand that. But you also have to be considerate of the fact that this coronavirus is deadly serious. Thousands upon thousands of people across America are dying. And the medical experts tell us that when we hit the peak of this problem, and especially by the time we work our way through this problem, it's possible that a quarter of a million Americans are going to die of the coronavirus. And that's just Americans. That doesn't take into account other people in other countries around the world. You add up all the people around the world that are likely going to die from this coronavirus, it's probably well over a million. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty sobering thought. I heard about this one church in Georgia. The church is small. It only has about 41 members. But the first week of this crisis, they decided to go against government guidelines and hold a worship service anyway. It turns out that somebody in the choir actually had the coronavirus. They didn't know it because they didn't have any symptoms. And they had not been tested for it, so they assumed they were perfectly normal, perfectly well. But as it turned out, that choir member eventually came down with symptoms and got tested. They found out that choir member actually had the coronavirus. Now, here's the scary thing about the coronavirus. The coronavirus, as I understand it, can be contagious even before you have symptoms, even before you have any inkling that you have the coronavirus, you could be contagious and pass it on to others. And even if you have a very mild case of the virus, you could pass it on to someone else who will have a much harsher case of the virus and it could kill them. How would you feel if you knew that somebody in your church died because you gave them the coronavirus even though you didn't know you had it? How would that make you feel? And, and frankly, that's a moral issue that pastors have to think about. Now, there is the legal aspect as well because we've now had some pastors even here in the United States, who have been threatened with jail time for holding worship services in public. Once again, that's something to think about. Now, another thing, if you have a uh, 
uh, a drive-in service with cars in the parking lot. A couple of things you need to do is to remind the pe- remind your people that they are not to get out of the car. They have to stay in the car the whole time. They can roll their windows down. That would be okay. But they cannot and must not get out of the car. That is very, very important. You also need to let them know they need to go to the restroom before the drive-in service starts. And more specifically, they probably need to go to the bathroom at home before the service starts because you're not going to be able to legally open up the church building so that people can go into the bathroom. Now, for that reason, it's probably a pretty good idea to see to it that your parking lot service with cars is actually shorter than the kind of service you would normally have. Um, I was talking to one pastor earlier today. He tells me they will probably have a parking lot service at least for Easter Sunday. And they're thinking about having this parking lot service for Easter Sunday. But the service will not be but 30 to 40 minutes in length. It will be fairly short. And part of the reason for that is there won't be restroom facilities available. So that is something to think about. Uh, So what I've tried to do on the podcast on this particular day is I've tried to give you some official ideas as to what your church can do to stay alive and effective in ministry while this coronavirus is going around. Now, I'll tell you something else, too. I'll tell you something else. When this whole thing is over with, I I would like to think people are going to be so happy about being able to go back to church in person again. They will come in droves to go to church now that they can again go to church in public. (laughs) I think that will happen whenever this crisis is over. Amen. Now, another thing to think about, maybe this will brighten your day a little bit. Think about this. The church is not a building anyway. The church is not a building anyway. The church is God's people wherever God's people are. I remember back several years ago, I was a member of a church where we had made the decision to start holding Sunday services in the gymnasium instead of the main auditorium. Now, the reason for that was because the main auditorium was pretty small and the crowds had grown pretty much. We had big crowds. And to be honest with you, we had some Sundays almost twice as many people coming as the auditorium could accommodate. 
Now, usually when you get into a situation like that, one of two things has to happen. You're either going to have to start holding two Sunday morning services, or you're going to have to find a bigger place to hold the services in. And in this case, that bigger place might just very well be as we discovered, the church gymnasium. But now when that church did this, people got all bent out of shape about it. They got mad. (laughs) We had people saying, well, man, I got news for you. I'm not going to a gymnasium. I'm going to go to another church. I'm going to move my membership. And one of the things that the rest of us tried to tell those church members was the fact that ultimately it doesn't matter what kind of building we worship God in. In fact, believe it or not, there are some countries in the world where they don't even have a church building. They might worship God in a cow pasture or a jungle somewhere. It doesn't really matter. God says, you don't need a building to worship me. (laughs) You can worship me wherever you are. At home, in the office, in your car, wherever you are, you can worship God. Amen. (laughs) Because you see, the building is not the church. The church is God's people wherever they are that have a desire to worship God and hear his word being proclaimed. Now, I might add that one of the other advantages of internet radio ministry is the fact that your ministry is not limited to your local congregation. You can indeed and in fact have a worldwide audience. A worldwide audience. You could literally preach the gospel and teach the Bible in countries around the world. When I think about the fact that I'm preaching today the gospel of Jesus Christ to the whole wide world, it blows my mind. It blows my mind when I think about the fact that it might be 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm sound asleep in dreamland over here in this country, but somewhere in the world, somebody is listening to one of my sermons online. It thrills my soul to think about that, but it also blows my mind. You know, (laughs) if you had told me when I was in high school, when I first got saved and I answered God's call to go into the ministry. If you told me that one day I would be preaching the gospel and teaching the Bible to the whole world by way of the internet, first of all, I wouldn't have even known what the internet was. And to think that I would be carrying the gospel to the whole world, that would just blow my mind. Not that I have much of a mind to blow anyway, but amen, you know what I'm talking about. And so there's a lot of good things to be said about internet ministry. 
And one of the things, by the way, that I like about Anchor FM is it is just plain easy. (laughs) I just push a button and wham you, I'm on the air. It's that simple. Now, by the way, you guys can email me, warrenlandis at yahoo.com. It's all one word, all lowercase, warrenlandis at yahoo.com, and I'll be glad to send you some detailed instructions on how you can effectively do internet ministry at your church. And the important thing is, too, we as a church have the responsibility of being obedient to our government leaders. You need to obey the law in your particular country. Now, the only exception to that would be where we are being required by government leaders to do something contrary to what the Word of God teaches. That would be the only time that you would have, in effect, God's permission to disobey a government leader. So do keep that in mind. And and here in this country, especially the United States, most of the government leaders who have passed ordinances to um, keep us as a church from doing certain things, it's not because they're against the church or that they consider the church to be their enemy. I think they are genuinely interested in saving lives, keeping people from getting sick and dying from that sickness. Amen. Well, I hope... Our little get-together this afternoon has been helpful. (laughs) I see encouragement as being one of the ministries that the Lord has given me, the ministry of encouragement. Uh, Sometimes I see myself as a type of spiritual cheerleader, (laughs) trying to encourage my fellow pastors and evangelists and missionaries in ministry. And, you know, we all need encouragement and prayer from time to time. And I know that many of you are praying for me. And many of you are telling your friends about me to tune in, and I appreciate that. I would have to say you guys are the best advertising that this ministry has. And, and most businesses will tell you that. A satisfied customer is always going to be your best advertising. Amen. Well, um, I don't know if my throat's going to hold out a lot longer. So we're probably going to cut this uh, particular session short. But I hope that maybe I've given you some ideas on how you can do effective ministry. Now, I'll probably do another broadcast similar to this once uh, the corona crisis is over and the church can get back to normal ministry. I've got some especially great ideas for the summertime, things that you can do as a church that will effectively minister to not just your church members, but also people in your community who may not know Christ as Savior. 
you get more people into the church. And then, of course, when they come to church, you have this wonderful opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Amen. <laughs> well, this is the time where I say uh, goodbye. God bless you. And I'll see you again next time on Sunshine USA.